Hey there, welcome in to another edition of the True Tiger Insider. I am Gabe DeArmond with PowerMizzou.com. Every week on this show, we're bringing you a conversation with a different Mizzou athlete in partnership with Every True Tiger Foundation. That is Mizzou's NIL Collective of Choice. If you don't know about NIL at this point, stands for name, image, and likeness. I'm going to assume if you don't know about it, you don't pay any attention to college sports. And if that's the case, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. But if you aren't familiar, uh, everytruetiger.org is ETTF's website. You can go there, find out how to donate, kind of get some of that money to Mizzou athletes. PowerMizzou.com also has a collective within that collective. Details of that are on our message board. That fund is nearing about $90,000 at this point. It's kind of our own little setup with Every True Tiger Foundation. And uh, you can donate, find out all the details about where your money goes, tax benefits, all that at everytruetiger.org. We encourage you to do that. We've uh, hit a bunch of different sports, had some football players, basketball players, gymnasts. Uh, We've gone all over on this show this week. We're going back to the Mizzou Hoops team, and we are talking to Nick Honor, senior point guard. I guess senior again point guard because Nick just announced he's coming back for another year at Mizzou. How you doing, Nick? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad, man. Uh, before we before we kind of get into the background and, and how you got here and all that, you did just about a week and a half ago tell everybody officially, hey, I'm coming back for, for a sixth year of college basketball. Was that a tough decision on your part, or was that pretty easy? Um. I would say it was pretty easy. Um, I just had to reflect after the season, um, kind of just, you know, go over how I played and how it felt like um, I stacked up against, you know, um, my standards. Um, and I feel like I had a lot more work to do. Um, and I mean, why not come back another year? I, I love playing for Coach Gates and I love being around my teammates. So why not come back for another year? Well, I know, uh, I know fans were happy to hear that, especially in an age where like, Look, college basketball, the roster seems to change every year. So it's nice for fans to be able to look out there and see it, see a guy they already know from last season. Yes, sir. Most definitely. So the first thing I always ask guys on this show, uh, I just want to go back. Like, do you remember the first time you played basketball? Like, like how old were you when you started to get into the game? Uh, I would say I was four years old. Um, my dad was actually my first coach. Um, my, I might, I might even scale it back a little bit farther. Uh, my mom, she always uh, jokes with me because uh, because she was the first one to, you know, buy me a, like a little Tykes basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to the store to get me one. Um, and my dad was actually a baseball player in high school. Um, but at a young age, I, I really, I really just, you know, gravitated towards basketball. Um, so my dad, he was in the Air Force for 21 years. And um, okay. he happened to be like on base. We, we were on base and everything. Uh, so when I was four years old, he was my first basketball coach. So he kind of just got me started with that. I know uh, kids who grow up in the military tend to move around a lot. I know you graduated from high school in Orlando. Is that where you always were? Or did you did you go a bunch of different places? Um, so I've lived in Orlando now uh, since I was in the first grade. Um, before that, um, I was born in uh, Brandon, Florida, uh, moved to Maryland, uh, moved to Oklahoma before that. Um, so I kind of just I've been I don't really have too good of a memory, um, but I mean, I've been been a few places, so especially with colleges too, I've been a few places. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you've uh, seen a lot of the country. We'll, we'll definitely get into your travels. Uh, so, look, four-year-old basketball. I've watched four-year-old basketball. I know what that is. I know nobody plays four-year-old basketball and thinks, "Hey, this is a thing that I'm gonna gonna do forever." At what point did 
did basketball really go from, hey, this is just something I do to, to something that you really liked and thought there was a future in? Um, That was the case. I'd probably say fifth grade. Um, mm-hmm. I know, like, entry, you know, you're trying to do different things. Um, try, you know, tackle football. Um, I know people think I'll be like a basketball, a football player and all that, but uh, uh, I, I got hit. I got hit one time uh, in the first grade and I was done with that. Uh, so pretty much up until that point, um, just basketball for the most part. And I'll say like around fifth grade, because that's when you start heading into middle school and you start getting on certain teams and stuff like that. So I'll probably say really serious, probably around, you know, fifth grade. Well, you kind of hit on one of the questions I was going to ask you. There had to be somebody along the way that goes, look, 5'10", 205, we can hand you the football and you're going to run for a lot of yards. But but that was a non-starter for you? Um, I played with, played with it when I was younger. Um, I just, just didn't like getting hit for real. Um, but I always joke around with everybody because I feel like I feel like if I did play, I would, I would be pretty good. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, not to be disrespectful to anybody that plays football, but I just have confidence in myself like that. So I got, I get it all the time. So it, it's kind of normal at this point. Well, it, it is a little tough to play football if you don't like getting hit. So, uh, oh, so probably, probably a wise choice there. And uh, it, kind of along the same lines, your build, look, you're listed, like I said, at 5'10". I, I know somewhere along the line, somebody told you, look, man, you're not big enough to play play basketball down the road. I mean, how much did you hear that growing up? Uh it's funny. Um, I've heard it too many times. Um, but what's funny is I really like my dad and the people around me, they never told me I was small. So I really didn't know I was small until about until I started getting recruited uh, in high school and, and college coaches started saying I was too small um, or too slow. So um, my dad, my mom and dad did a great job with that. It never let me feel like I was small. So and then I say from recruiting until the point on, I mean, I still hear it to this day. So, I mean, it's only, it's only motivation really. So, I, I mean, I, I enjoy it. So it's fine. Does, uh, when, when did recruiting kind of start for you? Do you remember that, that first time that you started getting calls and, and thinking, Hey, this is, this is something I can do. Uh, it's actually funny. Um, coach Michael fly. Um, he was the one that gave me my first offer when he was at Florida Gulf coast. Um, he was an assistant coach at the time. Um, and during that time you couldn't really, uh, Cause I was, cause I was young. You couldn't really uh, contact people on the phone, um, so I just, I was just scrolling through Twitter one day, and then my AU coach had posted that I got offered by Florida Gulf Coast, and this was probably like maybe a day or two before they can really contact you. So I found out through there, um, and then got on the phone with Coach Fly, and then I mean, the relationship was built uh, from that point on. So, see that, that there's the lesson: like small world, you never burn a bridge, right? Because Michael Fly ends up in Missouri, like mm-hmm. what? six years later at this point, yeah. but, uh, so, so how do you end up at Fordham? Because I know you had, you know, Florida Gulf coast, Georgia state, these places that are closer to you. And if you ask me, like, I think I know a lot about college basketball. If you say, tell me about Fordham basketball, I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, I yeah. couldn't tell you where it is. It's out East somewhere. So yeah. how'd you end up there? Um, that's another common question I get from a lot of people, but, um, it was, uh, the summer, summer uh, leading into my senior year, um, I started seeing them at a lot of my games. Um, it was a uh, Co- coach, Coach Jeff Newbar was the coach, and Coach Rodney Crawford. Um, he's at South Alabama now. He was an assistant coach. But I, I started seeing them at all my games, no matter what it was, Peace Jam, or the Fab Forty Eight in Vegas. Um, and it's funny because I really didn't know about the school either. 
Um, I just learned that it was in, in the Atlantic 10. Um, I just built a relationship with them. Um, and then uh, high school there on my third visit. Um, and it was one of those feelings. It was weird. I was talking, I was like right next to my mom on the plane. And I just, I was talking to her and she was looking at me and she was like, I feel like this is the one. Um, so the, I mean, the visit checked out, uh, the coaching staff, uh, they prioritized me. Uh, so I felt like it was the best move for me. So you spent a year at Fordham, scored 15 points as a, ga a game as a true freshman. Um, is it, was that kind of a, hey, look, I proved myself and I want to go take a shot at a higher level. Is that what happened or, or was there something else that, that went into it? Um, actually, um, Towards the end of my freshman year, um, I had a family emergency. Uh, my mom had a, a heart attack back home. Um, she's fully recovered and everything, so, I'm, so thank God for that. But um, kind of after that, I really had to um, just decide on if I wanted, you know, with her coming to the game and stuff like that, would the traveling be easier? Um, so I had, so I jumped in the portal uh, to transfer. Um, it was a tough decision, um, but I just had to do what's best for me and my family. So. Um, from there, uh, hopped in the portal, and then that's how I ended up at Clemson. So, so I, I'm curious. Obviously, you the first time you transfer, it, it was a lot different than than the second time because the transfer portal was was not, I, I think, an actual uh, you know thing that was public, and you had to sit out a year. Um, what was it like transferring back then, and then then knowing I don't get to play for a full year? Man, um, it was funny because. Uh, I, you know, I had a family emergency, um, so I thought uh, going into it, I would get like a waiver. Um, but uh, I tried twice to get a waiver and it didn't go through. Um, and it was funny because that was probably my that's probably my most challenging year uh, with my career uh, right there, because I'm always I've never, um, you know, had an injury. Uh, knock on wood for that one. Um, never, never been away from the game too long. Um, so not being able to play, that was tough for me. And then, um, you know, not being able to travel with the team. And then when you're in practice, you, I mean, you feel like you can play at that level. You feel like, you know what I'm saying? You're killing enough. So that was really tough for me. Um, went, through, went through a lot of trials and tribulations with that. Um, so it was tough, but uh, I adjusted eventually. So it obviously worked out for you. you. You sit the year, play two full years at Clemson. And just, I, I, I don't know that, that a lot of Missouri fans have, have heard from you on that just when you look back on your time at Clemson like kind of what stands out and is I mean all positive memories um I would say it's, it's more um just a part of life you know you have you have a lot of uh, good things that happen um I graduated there uh from th uh, three and a half years um and I mean it was it's you gotta take everything with a grain of salt um I mean coach Brad Barnell is a good coach um he knows what he's doing so uh, it was just a learning experience, um, and I just feel like after I, um, you know, after I graduated, I feel like it was time for a fresh start. Um, so I just had to explore other options. So you, you talked about your relationship with Michael Fly from way back when. When you go in the portal, is a, a, did you hear from him? Did you hear from Coach Gates? How'd that work? Um, actually, so whenever okay, so Coach Fly, I heard from Coach Fly out of high school. Um, and then when I hopped in the portal this uh, first time after Fordham, I had heard from him again. It was actually between those. It was between Florida Gulf Coast and Clemson, so I ended up choosing Clemson. So I was I felt I felt a little bad about that uh, because you know what I'm saying it was it, it was another time he was close. Um, but then after this Clemson time, that's when he had you know they had let him go. Um, so then in the portal, I mean, 
as soon as I got in there, I just heard from a lot of schools. And then, you know, you kind of got to like wait a couple of days to see who's really, you know, really trying to recruit you and not just send out a text message. Um, so it was kind of like just watching things develop, you know, then I see uh, Coach CY, um, shout out to him, that's my guy. Um, just, you know, go over there and, you know, I mean, really I'm thinking Missouri, like if you had told me I would be in college going to, uh, going to uh, University of Missouri, I wouldn't really believe you. So I had to see if it was like a realistic thing. And uh, Coach, uh, Coach Young got the job and then just talking to them on the phone, I built a relationship with him. So it was, um, felt like it was a good match for me. Did you know CY a little bit just from, I mean, I know he's been in Florida forever, but also just kind of, hey, he's in the ACC. And and did you get to know him while you were at Clemson a little bit? Oh, most definitely. Um, fun, fun fact is um, hit both of his daughters uh, played uh, for my dad. He's a, a travel girls basketball coach. Okay. Um, so we kind of started that relationship there a little bit. Didn't really, I mean, talk to him too much. You know what I'm saying? Just said hello to him every once in a while. Um, then after a while, relationship grew. Um, they actually wanted me at Florida State a few times. Uh, Coach Ham, Coach Ham didn't really want me, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> but um, just built a relationship over the years, um, and he really believed in me uh, from the beginning. So, I mean, I feel like it was the right decision to come to Missouri. So you end up here with CY, and then then when Michael flies on staff, like how many times has he reminded you, man? It took me five years, but but we're finally uh, finally in the same place. It's funny because we always at least you were till last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it always we always either if it's not me, then it's him making a joke about finally being on the same team. Um, and what was funny was I knew he had got the job, but then when I first got to uh, Missouri, we were going down to the locker room and I and the elevator opened. And Coach Flower was right there, so it was just it was just crazy to see because it was like, man, after all this time, we finally ended up in the same spot. So I just think small world, crazy how the world works. We talked a little bit about how many different places you've been growing up, and then then three schools. So when you first came to Missouri, like, is it is it different than anywhere you've ever been? Was there an adjustment to to living in Columbia versus anywhere else you had? Uh, most definitely. Um, First off, just the uh, time difference. I know it's only, you know what I'm saying, an hour back than uh, where I'm usually uh, from. So probably just getting used to that. Um, it's funny because I think the summertime is, it might be a little more hotter than Florida. I don't know. I don't really quite know yet, but uh, it, it definitely gets hot up here. And then obviously during the wintertime, getting used to all the cold weather, but um, I was prepared for that going to New York. So um, I, mean, I feel like anytime you go to a new area, it's an adjustment. Um, you know, just figuring out where to go and drive, stuff like that. But um, I feel like I adjusted well because just the, just the experience from being in different places. Yeah. Um, we've had had a couple of your teammates on the, the show, and I'm interested to hear what you think about this because right about a year ago at this time, everybody who does what I do, we're looking at this roster going, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I know, I know Kobe. I don't know any of these other guys. Who knows what they're going to do? At what <laughs> point did you guys kind of start to think, hey, we've got something here that's more than what all these people think we have? That's actually a great question. Um, it was funny because, you know, as the season ends and you see all the accomplishments, you kind of reflect back to, you know, times like this. And it was interesting because you just see all these different guys committing and then you start looking them up and looking up highlights and, you know, going on synergy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a common theme across the board. It's all underrated, overlooked guys. So um, that just helped when we, when, when we were here in June, just building a relationship, building bonds. 
I feel like it helped because at the end of the day, we were all underrated, overlooked guys. So we had that chip on our shoulder every time we stepped on the court. So um, I would say just the summertime, getting to know everybody's background, where they're coming from, um, why they why, why they play the way they do, who they're playing for. Um, I think that just builds a relationship. So um, I know a lot of Mizzou fans are always worried about roster reconstruction and all that. But, I mean, every good things take time. Um, I feel like – you know what I'm saying to make a good meal, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it's not something quick, it's not five minutes, you know what I'm saying? It might need to be an hour, two hours. So um I if I if I'm a Mizzou fan, I really wouldn't be worried. Um we got a good uh, a good good head coach that knows what he's doing and got some veteran guys like uh Noah Carter, uh Sean East. So I mean I, I feel like we'll be fun at the end of the day. And, and I mean, that's the thing, and year one it did happen pretty quick here, right? A lot quicker than than most people thought. Um and like you guys go through the summer and and you believe it, but then is is there? Did you feel like there was a turning point in the season where it's like, okay, we think we can do this, but now like everybody sees we could do this. Is it is there a certain game or or did you just always say, hey, we we know we're going to be this good? Our coach puts confidence, instills confidence in us. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we already have confidence in ourselves, but you know, having a coach that really believes you and a coaching staff that uh, believes in us really helps us. So we really believed it from the beginning. Um, I believe when the turning point was the bragging rights game, um, mm-hmm. simply because, um, you know, when you have a new team, people tend to always compare it to last year and how what's going on. And I thought it was exciting because going into the game, everybody thought we was just going to get blown out by Illinois and it was just going to be, you know, just their day. Um, but, I mean, we took that as motivation and, as you can see, Kobe Brown going out there doing his thing. Dre Golson doing his thing. Uh, Trey Million had a great game. Demoy Hodge can't can't forget Demoy Hodge. So, and Ryan DeGray had a game, game great game as well. So, I feel like that was the part of the season where people like started to take us serious. Um, they still they thought it was a little you know lucky game, but mm-hmm. I feel like after that we started to put together games, Kentucky and things like that. Um, just going neck and neck and neck with the top teams. I mean. So I feel like that bragging rights game was really a, a stepping stone for us. And I feel like, I mean, obviously the Kansas game was really what helped us get to 25 and 10. Um, I know we got blown out, but, I mean, it was a great lesson in, at the end of the day. So I'll say bragging rights game, Kansas game in between there. That, that Illinois and Kentucky stretch was kind of when just watching this team, you're going, it's not just that that you guys are playing really well, like, you looked like you were having so much fun doing it. How big a part of it was, like, everybody always wants to know, is, does chemistry make you good or does chemistry happen when you're already good? You know, but but that team just really looked like you guys came from all these different places and and you just had a ton of fun playing together. Um, It's just the work we did in June, just the team bonding. Um, and that chemistry, I mean, the chemistry helps you win games. Um, this is my – my um, most fun year playing basketball uh, in college. Um, and just, just building a relationship with those guys. We, we're experienced guys. We don't won before. We don't lost before. So just going out there, our coach always, you know, tell us we got to celebrate the little things and be be happy for each other and just, you know, smile while, while um, a lot of chaos is going on. So, I mean, we had a ton of fun, um, and we enjoyed watching each other do our thing at different times. So, I mean, all in all, it was just fun to be out there with those guys in that group. I think the most common thing we heard from Dennis Gates, I think he said it after about nine games this year. I keep telling Nick Honor he got to shoot the ball more. 
So, uh, so I, I mean, like how serious was he telling you that every day or, and how do you go about kind of picking your spots? Obviously, Hey, like the Mississippi state game from, mm -hmm. from then on, it really kind of seemed like you're like, all right, I, I know I got green light whenever I feel like I can do it. Um, I just think the most important thing, uh, especially with me being an undersized point guard is having somebody that really and truly believes in you, uh, no matter what, um, you know, cause this day and age, everybody's looking for, a taller point guard, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six point guard. Um, but Coach Gates believed in me from day one. Um, and as far as a sh uh, shooting more goals, um, I just felt that this year, you know, we had a lot of guys. We had, you know, DeAndre Golson, DeMoyne Hodge, uh, Trey Gomillion, um, Kobe Brown, obviously, um, who's a, a future pro. All those guys are future pros. So I really just had to pick my spots and, you know, figure out when to get a good shot, when not to get a good shot. I mean – or when to pass it. Um, so that, that, that's sometimes you're saying you have to be um, to a little, little too unselfish uh, just to make sure guys are good. Um, but it started, uh, I would say towards the second half of the season where coaches are really like, you got to start shooting more. It kind of, you know what I'm saying? Um, bit me in the butt a little bit uh, in some games, not being too, you know what I'm saying? Unselfish, but um, I mean, I have another year. So uh, I'm working on that. And uh, hopefully, you know, that shows uh, come next November. So I'm excited. Now, I know when, when Coach Gates, you know, even when he's being kind of harsh, at least in public, it's all very calm and very positive. Like, does Dennis Gates raise his voice? Is that a thing that, that he can do when we're not watching? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, one thing about Coach, uh, he doesn't really overreact to things. Uh, so – when he needs to raise his voice, you know what I'm saying, he'll, he'll raise his voice to get our attention. Um, but it's never to disrespect anybody or anything like that. He's just trying to push us. Um, and I think uh, one thing about our staff is, like, everybody's pretty much experienced in our programs, had, you know, head coaching experience. So no one's just, you know, yelling and just cussing at us like, you know what I'm saying, we're not humans. Um, it, usually in this program, somebody yelling at you is for a reason. So. Um, they're just very detailed. And I mean, at the end of the day, they love us like with their kids. So, I mean, I guess he raises his voice when he needs to, but I mean, he's for the most part, he's kind of like me. He's very, very laid back. So. Yeah. So what, what have you kind of been doing since the end of the season? Are you a guy that like a week later you get back in the gym or do you want some time off and, and, and get away from basketball for a little bit? Um, actually, um, after the Princeton game, I kind of, I took about a couple weeks off. Uh, went back home, you know, kick with my family a little bit, kick my feet up. Um, and then when I got back, you know, kind of just getting back into the routine, you know, strength and conditioning workouts, um, you know, trying to get my body better uh, for this season for sure. Got to slim down a little bit. Uh, and, you know, just trying to get better on the court in areas that I can because um, I, I just want to see improvements um, as I head into next year. I feel like each year you get smarter and you also want to see your work uh, put on display. So just same stuff, strength and conditioning workouts, you know, getting shots up and playing pickup when I can. Um, just trying to sharpen my craft. Last thing kind of basketball wise, I'm just curious. I, I looked it up. You you committed to Fordham in, in September of 2017. <laughs> so all the all the wild stuff that's happened in college basketball, like it, it's it's kind of benefited guys like you. I mean, you probably never would have thought, hey, 2024, I'm still going to be able to be playing college basketball, you know. Do you take any time to just just kind of look about look at a, a, all the the ride you've been on, or is that more when you're done? It's funny. It's usually it's usually every off season. 
Um, this, you know, going back to how you got to this point, um, I mean, it seemed like yesterday I was just a young kid from Orlando uh, headed up to the Bronx to play. Um, and I always laugh at my dad because I say, like, if you would have told me in 2017 that it'd be 2023, 2024, not being in Columbia, Missouri, um, doing hot yoga then, like, I would be looking <laughs> at you crazy. So um, I kind of reflect on it uh, a lot. And, um, I mean, it's funny because at the time, you know, stuff like COVID happens, you have a COVID season, stuff like that, and you, you're you kind of confused like why it's happening because, you know what I'm saying, you just want to play in front of fans and stuff like that. Um, at the end of the day, I can only be thankful for it because it's allowed me, you know, to come back and play for Coach Gates and Coach CY for another year. And, um, I mean, everything happens for a reason. So, at the end of the day, I'm thankful that I get another opportunity to play college basketball. Another benefit for you, look, you graduated from Clemson. You're going to have two years of grad school at Missouri. So, I'm curious kind of what what your uh, what your focus is on on your post-grad and what's it like being a grad student and a basketball player? Um, my plan right now is um, – I plan to graduate uh, this August uh, with my master's degree in um, positive coaching. Um, after I play professionally, that's what I want, I want to get into coaching. Um, just, you know, watching my dad and, you know, seeing Coach Gates and just being around basketball in general, I really, you know, want to help people reach to their full potential. Um, so that's pretty much for that. And then just being a grad student, um, it's cool because you can really uh, plan out your day a lot better. Um, you don't have to, uh, like, go to physical classes. Um, so that's more time for you to get in the gym, uh, work out and, um, you know, take a nap or sleep if you need to. Um, so grad school, it, it's, it's been, it's been love. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't complain. You, uh, I mean, you played for, for three college coaches, your dad's a coach, you've had a lot of people around you. So when you eventually transition, whenever that is into being a coach, like, is it something where you take different things from everybody you've played for and, and, and think, Hey, this is something maybe down the road I'm going to want to want to use. Most definitely. Um, I feel like, you know, experience is the best teacher. So, you know, from whatever coach I, even, you know what I'm saying, middle school coaches, if I remember something that they did that I like, then I'll carry it with me. Um, I say two, two guys that really, um, like, inspire me to coach. I say my dad um, and Coach Gates. Uh, my dad, he coaches back at um, Lake Highland Prep uh, back in Orlando, Florida, which is my old high school. Um, uh, he's won like six state championships in 13 years. Uh, so he, sl he slowly built that program up from the bottom. And I would say just seeing him really build something from the bottom. I mean, he doesn't recruit anybody. People just really want to go play for him. And just seeing him help girls reach their full potential and get to the next level. And me even like just seeing those practices all the time. I was just like, man, that seems so cool. And I feel like I, I feel like I would be good for that with my game experience. And then seeing Coach Gates, how he handles us, interacts with us. Um, I just feel like a great coach is someone who gets to know you off the court and not just on the court. Because at the end of the day, we're all people. So just I would say those two guys really uh, got me seriously thinking about coaching. And um, hopefully uh, Trey Gomillion is my assistant coach. So I'm excited. <laughs> Right. Is, uh, yeah, Trey can, Trey can be the GA next year and, and, and pave the way maybe, but, uh, it is, is, is a pro career your hope before then, you know, whether that's in the States or, or somewhere else, or do you have your focus on, on coaching pretty quick after college ball? Uh, most definitely. I want to play professional basketball. Um, that's always been, uh, one of my dreams since I was a little kid, um, wherever the game takes me. Um, I just want to, you know, work, work hard and give it my all and see where it takes me. So, 
I'm just thankful I'm allowed to, uh, I'm able to play. So, um, I mean, just see where that professional career takes me. Um, then ultimately, I want to get into coaching. Uh, most aiming for right now for the college level, um, but I know everything's a process, so I'm not rushing anything right now. So, last thing, and, and we ask everybody this on this podcast because we are doing it with with every True Tiger Foundation. Uh, and and I always want to stress, like nobody's asking you if you make money and how much money you make through NIL, but just what are, what have been some of the benefits of, of NIL for you and, and your teammates? And, you know, are there any experiences or anything you've gotten to do through this uh, the, the last year or so? Um, I would say NIL, I will say it helps, it helps us, uh, you know, it helps people see us uh, through a different lens. Um, I know they always see us competing and doing things like that. And, you know, just seeing us in a different setting, um, whether that's, you know, going to an event, uh, see us in some different clothes or um, just really getting to talk to us and really, you know, learn more about us. Um, and I mean, it's I mean, the benefit is also I mean, we're, we're able to get paid as well. So, um, I mean, it's a win win on every side. Um, and, you know, like with every two tiger we're working with um, different uh, different organizations. So. Just building those relationships and you know people getting to know us for ourselves. I think I think that's that's major in the NIL world. So thankful for that. All right. Well, Nick, I appreciate you taking the time, man, and and I know the fans appreciate getting to know you and enjoyed watching uh, watching this year and and looking forward to. I mean, I assume you know at this point next year's the last year, right? Like, there's no chance there's another year after that somehow, right? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's over for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. Appreciate it, man. Have a good day. Yes, sir. Thank you, too. All right. That is Nick Honor, Mizzou graduate point guard, back for another year next year. Once again, uh, this podcast every week brought to you through uh, in partnership with Every True Tiger Foundation. That's Mizzou's preferred NIL collective. Information's been scrolling across the screen throughout everytruetiger.org. You can go there, find out how to donate. There is a pin message on our premium message board that you can donate specifically to Power Mizzou's Fund at ETTF as well. We encourage you guys to do that. And uh, again, every week, just having a different Mizzou athlete on here. We've talked to three or four of the Mizzou basketball players and uh Hope you guys are enjoying getting to know some of these uh, guys and girls off the court, off the field a little bit. That's that's the entire goal of this thing. So appreciate Nick Honor taking some time and we will talk to you next time.